Go Loud presents the Lennon Courtney podcast. We work hard at Lennon Courtney, but this episode from series four was all about the importance of letting your hair down. We talked about the joy of expressing yourself, and oh boy, how we've partied! Enjoy. Oh my goodness, Esther, you are a party. Oh yeah, baby, from the waist up. I'm a party from the waist up. <laughs> Don't be so hard. <laughs> That's that's what they all say. That's what they all say. I'm a party from the waist down. Oh, hello. <laughs> so because it's the party issue, uh, what cocktail have you got? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, sorry. Um, I have a French martini <laughs> French martini. Ooh. Which is which is pineapple juice, chambord liqueur, and vodka. Vodka. Nice. And it's it's actually kind of heavy on the pineapple juice, but do you know? Sweet, you're a sweet cocktail girl? Well, I'm not a spirit drinker, but I had one of these a couple of years ago and I'm like, that's my drink. It's stunning. So you can have about two of them because you, you, you shake it up with the ice and it kind of gets a bit foamy. It's delish. Yeah. yeah. It kind of tastes sherbet-y with the pineapple. It's delish. Complete digression. That noise. When I was a little girl, about eight or nine or 10 and Dallas was on, I used to go and get a tumbler from the cabinet in the dining room, like a water for crystal tumbler, and put ice in it so I could watch Suellen and drink like her. Mm. Yeah, like I thought it was so glamorous. This is, uh, I think it's called, um, it's alcohol-free gin. You know that one? So it's a seed lip, I think it's, what's it called, yeah, seed lip? Silk Road. Will I show you? It looks like oh, you're drinking yeah. a goldfish, to be honest. It doesn't look like a goldfish in ice. Well, luckily I don't need your approval, so that's okay. I didn't, I wasn't giving you approval or disapproval. I was like, it looks like a goldfish, Brendan. It's seed lip. Oh, seed lip. And actually, it's alcohol free and it's, it's a little weak. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really good. Have you tried it? I've tried the Silk Road one, the, the Irish one that's made uh, very close to my home, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Beef herb pod. There you go. So, happy Christmas. Oh, and what's, what's Sonia's drink? I'm just having a little cheeky glass of white wine. Oh, lovely. Very good. Well, cheers to you. Cheers, cheers to you both. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Happy Christmas. Happy party. Happy Christmas. Happy party issue. Let's see, can we see your glass, please, in the shop, please? Yeah, well, it's kind of no, <laughs> Let me see. Oh, it's look fake, at that. So, yeah, oh, look at you, you little pavo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want to because I, I was before we start. I wanted to. Speaking of drinks, I was my mom had this has this like recipe card index from the seventies or eighties. So I was going through last night looking for entertainment ideas. So this is one of the drinks. It's from nineteen seventy eight that they suggest serving at a soiree. It's called Rich Milk Whip. Here's a visual for our YouTubers. Wow. Ooh, I mean, hello, glamour. It says it serves two. 1,070 joules of energy, which is obviously the diet kind of fad at the time. So you, all you need for, for a kicky soiree is two tablespoons of cocoa powder, 250 mils of cold milk, a tablespoon of honey and two egg yolks. Stir that up and it's party time. And there's a cook's tip. It says, this is a very nourishing drink. Lovely as a pick me up at any time, but particularly good for sick people. <laughs> like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh my God. Are they the recipe cards that come in a little box? Yeah, it's like a yellow at the bottom and it's perspex oh, on the top. A moment to throw it out a couple of years ago and I was like, hold on. Some of the recipes are quite horrific. Like this, look at this one. Anyone fancy a, sh- a chicken chaufroid? Oh, yeah. French? It's yeah. like chicken and yogurt. Oh. In aspic. Ooh. And chive stalks. Ooh. Stop it now. Stop it now. 
So there's some party ideas or maybe maybe figs and coffee might get your party going. I don't know. <laughs> I tell you, I hope you've got more than one bathroom. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Come, come for the figs and coffee and I'll stay for the veal and soured cream. <laughs> oh, we had so many of those card, recipe card collections at home. I wonder if we still got them. Probably is the answer. Anyway. I have anyway. such vivid memories of parties, dinner parties particularly, uh, growing up and my favorite food of all time to eat is dinner party leftovers the next morning yeah you said that before remember that oh, yeah oh delish absolutely gorgeous and I suppose my mum was always a re- like we were a foodie household which we've also said before but the food was good you know and the drinks flowed and we were we were the party house so you know when the, when the electricity went off everybody just ended up in our living room all the neighbors <laughs> friends you know whoever um, and yeah, it was, it was just, I just love parties so much. I have to say that's obviously where it came from. And would, there, would your, would your parents invest much energy in organizing or would they be ad hoc? Well, you say my parents, uh, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. My mom. Um, so my mom is the, my, my dad could, well, certainly when I, when I was growing up, he could have lived his entire life without ever going to a party now he's much more interested because he lives alone and he he kind of gets it but my mum would be the organizer she'd oh it'd be themed and it'd be floral arrangements and table decos and uh all, all out all out food and drinks and there was one very famous occasion where my mum uh which i've also mentioned it was an air hostess for Erlingus, and she had been collecting duty-free waterford crystal for years so she had this enormous uh, collection of assorted waterford crystal for every imaginable uh libation that you could you could think of um, and then she so my dad was tasked with setting out the glassware for this particular um dinner party that they were having and the doorbell rang and uh, he put the Waterford down on a tray on something which was unstable and he went to collect, he went to answer the door and the whole tray crashed to the door. <gasps> it was a day to remember. Mom wasn't happy that day. Uh, but anyway, she picked up her skirts and and uh, just kept collecting and and filled, the, filled the, the collection back up again. But yeah, there was always a great sense of, of occasion and, you know, we lived, we lived in a nice sort of middle-class house out in Malahide. Wasn't a mansion by any means, but, you know, we could, we could open up the two rooms, two big rooms and, you know, have 50 people seated for dinner, you know, on a big birthday or something. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's great fun. And, and you kind of inherited that, didn't you? You're a bit of a party thrower. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, obviously I'm suffering at the moment in, in times of COVID. I, I, I love the house being full and actually the kids bring their, their mates here. They bring their mates home. And so there's, you know, very often, not at the moment, but very often be kids in the house, teenagers in the house. And I just love that. I love knowing that whoever you are, you can come to our house and it's okay. And, and like for a number of reasons, first of all, knowing that your house is a welcoming one. And secondly, you know the kids trusting you enough to have their mates over and you know it's okay we can go to Evie and Finn's house you know not that they'd be up to anything particularly but that it's okay I'd much rather have line of sight on them and see what they're up to apart from anything else but um yeah hands off though I I'm different (laughs) I uh, I suppose because nowadays when we throw parties people always stay over and housemates are great but house guests I like fish. They go off after a day. Go home. 
like mm-hmm. what happens is it's still quite teenagey in my life it's like we'd stay over do you really you know and that's fine if it's just one or two but sometimes like pre-covid obviously there'd be loads of people like, oh god get out so i i um i wanted and I, di- I did develop, didn't I, Sonia, a, a, an annual party, mm-hmm. which we've done for five years now, which ah, is Chris Kendall. We'll miss it this Christmas. We'll miss it this Christmas, which is Chris Kendall, and it's really gamified, hey, really fun. Hey, you have this, Brandon. Ex- ah, listen, you're absolutely, what, what would, I can't yeah. miss anything, especially you in that hat. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's burned into my retina for the rest of my life. And it's probably, it's probably burned into my head because it's 100% yeah. acrylic. There we go. Thank but you. I have an annual Christmas party, uh, which is a very VIP guest list. You'll be on it next year, of course. Uh, yeah. Only because my apartment can't take more than sort of 25 people really comfortably. And I, uh, 22 is perfect, I, I've discovered over the last 10 years. 22 for people standing around where you can't, you don't get lost. Like I've had a couple of massive big parties after AMI and stuff over the years where there'd be 50 people and then it's a bedlam. But the Curious Kindle is everybody can spend, if you're under 30, you only need to spend a fiver. If you're over 30, you, can, you have to spend up to 20. And you get a number on arrival at the Chris Kindle. And so they say there's 20 people. So there's one to 20 and all the gifts are wrapped and put on the table and how it works. And normally Rory hosts it with me and Sonia, you do a bit of hosting as well. And we just all muck in and uh, everybody gets gathered around with their drinks. And then number one, whoever, because it's a raffle. So whoever got number one picks the first gift and they can, they open the gift, they can keep the gift or they can put it back and pick again. And then it goes on and so forth. So when it gets number five, they can steal they can pick a gift open. If they don't like it, they, they, they can then steal one, two, three, or four. So as it heats up, there's always one gift everybody wants, particularly the gays. So for example, the one I'm really thinking of is the twink plate. Do you remember oh. there was a plate with twink on it? And uh, you're not allowed to say who brought it. I know you had a really good one, Sonia, didn't you? Yours was um, a virgin... <laughs> mental. A virgin restoration kit. But actually, yeah. that, that, was, that was a virginity restoration kit, but that was only good afterwards it didn't it, it's funny it didn't didn't re- resonate on the la- night because it, it was too subtle and too detailed so you you actually ended up with it yes and, God, and, and, and only I discovered it. it the next morning and i was like oh i got it in the end because so basically all the guys wanted the twink plate and the twink picket and so number 10 picked got like a bottle of gin and went I, and would steal the twink play from number five. Then number 10 had the twink play. So then number 15 would go steal the twink. So it gets really raucous, doesn't it? And it gets it really heated. the best fun ever. And then we dance really our is. socks off. And I so, wonder, that, that sort of um, mathematics of, of the perfect number for a party, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because I think, uh, I, th- I think when there are too many people there, you end up feeling like a bride on a wedding day where you're actually just working the room and it becomes a chore. Yeah. Right. That kind of 2025 20, number means that you get to speak to everybody that you might want to and avoid. And my, don't. My, yeah, my weird vision was that the, roughly the same 20 people would see each other once a year. So by year three, they're very relaxed and and they know what's in store and the odd outlander comes and outsider comes or, or you know there's new you know new people coming around they're of course very welcome but the core group of people kind of know each other so they don't feel they have to work the room so it's just hugs and kisses at first and then everybody gets stuck in to the game <gasps> hugs and kisses imagine imagine hugs and I kisses I know hopefully next Christmas uh, so that's that's the extent of our partying now isn't it um, but oh my god have I used all my credits when it comes to partying yes <laughs> I am a dyed in the wool. It's say you bought the t-shirt. Part, 
party person zero for my 20s and 30s. Yeah, I knew how to do it. I really did. I lived in London. I went out with a club promoter. I mean, there's nowhere I wasn't. So yeah, and, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I really did. Uh, do you think you and Adam are kind of matched at where you are? Or would Adam still like to party more? Or you and Dave? Yes. So, so Adam goes to festivals without me and I'll come on the, the sort of big day of the festival. Like the Saturday, I'll drive down and I probably I might stay over. I might drive back, but I'll come for the big act or and he'll be there for four days. So Adam is nine years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he goes to whatever. Like he loves the festival and, and they plan it for a year, him and his friends. It's a year in the planning, you know, so it's a big party for them. And I've done it, worn the T-shirt, rinsed the T-shirt. I've never been to Glastonbury. And I have friends who, I have friends who stage manage Glastonbury, like I could go. But on my big, on my 40th, nine years ago, I was a big birthday. And then next year, my 50th, we were like, and Alex who stage manages was like, call my friend, come, come. And then I was like, no, I don't want to. I want it real easy. I want to be helicoptered in to wherever I'm going, lying down by four o'clock with, you know, or dancing or I want it really easy. Yeah. So but uh, we have had, myself and Sonia have been we've had uh, our own fair share of really good parties, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, my, my I suppose the, the biggies, my 40th and my 50th, uh, I, I loved them so much. Yeah, they're amazing. We've heard, we have heard about your 50th, which sounded completely epic, but we haven't heard about your 40th. So maybe we'll take a little break. And then when people come back, we can hear all about it. We're back. Sonia, your 40th. What was it like? I mean, okay. So it's, it's, it's nearly, it is 12 years ago, but it's funny. Evie said to me the other day, mom, you celebrated your 50th like a bad bitch. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I kind of did, but I, I pretty much did the same in my 40th. Excuse me one moment. There's somebody at the door. Oh, there's a DPD driver with a present. I've got a DPD driver coming and I don't know what I've ordered. I want a gift. So how do you know he's coming? Because he sent me a text, Tony, the DPD driver, but he's late, <laughs> unfortunately. You're funny. Sorry, guys. It's quite all right. Son of mine. Um, so, uh, yeah, my, my 40th, I, I had only just started working with Bren. Um, and yeah. we, we had started working that summer Um gone on air on the in the September and so this was December and I decided right it's all out and actually funny enough that that was 2008 and I knew that the shit was about to hit the fan I knew like we we all knew oh this is really bad the economy is going to take a nosedive here it's going to be awful grim uh penury and I I just said I have to have a big party. If this is the last chance I have for any number of years, I have to, I have to go large. So I um, put a marquee out the back of the house and I live in a Victorian house. So you can see all the way down from the front door uh, through, through the kitchen, down the steps, through the kitchen, out into the garden, put a huge big marquee out the back with the DJ um, the wonderful uh, Martin uh, McCann, McCann yeah. yeah, who is epic and an absolute legend. And uh, I got a cocktail waiter um, yeah. and the cocktail waiter did this amazing thing, right? So it was any cocktail of your choice, um, but to, to order bespoke for everybody. So a little queue formed at the cocktail bar. And so what he'd do is he'd take an order, he'd make it, and then he'd line up a little shot, a little row of shots for everybody in the queue while they were waiting for their order. So they get to taste all the cocktails that were being made in front of them. It was fabulous. Yeah. Then, Very good. Uh, and then we ordered uh, newspaper cones of fish and chips at midnight. Oh, yeah, that. yeah um, it was amazing. And the cops came at about 
four and they were kind of looking past me. I think I had two or three outfit changes on that night as well, including the wonderful hat you bought me, uh, vintage hat you bought me from New York. Um, and the cops were like, oh, this looks like a really good party. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's really good. And they were like really curious looking in. He's like, well, look, when you just turn down a tiny bit, we'd hate to shut you down. So listen, have a great night. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 So uh, it was just, it was just brilliant. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. Just danced. Uh, I mean, mostly for me, a party is just about dancing. And I kind of always figure the more you dance, the less the damage the next day. So it's a win-win all around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The more you dance, the less you drink. The less you drink. <laughs> the less you drink and the more energy you expand, you know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. dancing so- is very important. So you you sound like you are uh, both kind of epic party throwers, but also I think what I have learned from you over the last year, Sonia, is that you're good at celebrating things as well and marking things, which I think is really important because I know myself, I have a tendency to just like brush past it. And I, I, I've been asking myself, lately, is like, that because I just don't like parties and I wouldn't be a re- real mad goer out or but, or is it, I don't what is it? I'm trying to figure it out. So like, I just kind of squash them and let them go. And I think it is important to celebrate things when, you know, even big and small things and mark moments. And while you can, I mean, like I kind of now, particularly when our ability to hug and kiss and dance and go out and all that kind of stuff is so unbelievably curtailed, you know, um, we, we didn't know that this was coming. And there were nights, you know, when I could have gone out that I didn't go out. And it's not that you're kind of just doing it for the sake of it. But I, I think we have to um, I think we have to celebrate um, because one day we just won't. Like one day we'd be dead, it'd be over. And that's the end of it. Like, what do you want to say that you just, you know, didn't reward yourself by surrounding yourself with people who you love. And I like, I actually genuinely think that's something it's, it makes it very easy for me to celebrate because I really, really uh, love my friends. Like I love my friends. They're, they're brilliant. They're brilliant and they're true friends. So it kind of, and I, I don't think everybody has that. I don't think everybody has that level of connection with their people who they surround mm. themselves with. So it makes it very easy to kind of speak a common language of, uh, of joy and of just hedonism and madness. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be a big marker of celebratory things. Like my 40th, I did the complete opposite. I went away for 10 weeks. Mm. We had the summer off. We were backing off the rails in the August and the end of, end of July. So my, in June is my birthday. So I took those 10 weeks and went around the world. I went to Miami and went to New York and went to Turks and Caicos and went to, I went to Asia. I think I went, I, I, I went everywhere. Didn't I just where, wherever I had friends in the world, I went to visit them. Um, I basically took, mm. <laughs> cause I knew I had a contract in the August, the mortgage was paid. So I took whatever was left and divided by the number of days I had. And I spent it all. And I ended up for my actual forties with just, it ended up being 16 came to Sitges because I rented a, a penthouse for a week before bed, well, penthouse. It was, a, it was actually kind of basic Spanish looking villa thing, but it had four bedrooms and it slept 10 people. And then other people ha- came and uh, Gary Kavanagh was there, the hairdresser. He has a place there. So he came, he happened to be there. So it ended up being 16 people just for my birthday. But it was one of the funniest nights of my life. It was hilarious. They brought me, like somebody brought me a bunch of carrots from the organic market for my birthday. And somebody, they were just literally taking the piss. So that was perfect for me because actually, as I got into my 40s, often parties are like the idea of a wedding for me. It feels like a gig. feels like I'm going to work. So it has to be unique to what I want to do, which could be, you know, a flask of whiskey up the side of a mountain or something easy in stretchy trousers, you know, so... For my 50th next year, 
I wanted to, to do a brand fest, it's called currently. And it's got to be super easy, but it will be big. That's all I'm saying. What's the best Louise. party you've ever either A, thrown or B, been at, Esther? Hmm. Well, let me see. I mean, I've, I've organized. I have been a bridesmaid five times. Okay. Oh, and I've got. Yeah. <laughs> So I've been, I've been, I've kind of, I've <laughs> distilled the process. I know exactly. It's better when I'm the only bridesmaid in charge. I can organize it. So I, one of the, the best ones I threw, and I did it a couple of times, I replicated it. We rented this big castle, well, it was called a castle, with a, mass, a huge big house in Kilkenny. And we all just, it was so, I, I said to everyone, you're just going to blow your mind when you went in. It was just bananas, like four poster beds, like just, and we just went nuts and just took over this place and ran around in fields and yeah it was just, it was just great and all those groups like Brenda was saying one, one episode you know over the years your friends kind of know each other but don't know each other by name and we all just yeah so that was pretty that, that was, was pretty good yeah it was good fun that was one of the best ones actually uh, another really great one that comes to mind was or uh, it was the year of the big snow and it was certainly before all yes had kids I and had we, a great party that yes yeah, and we went yeah. to um, we booked all these houses in Ackle for about 40 of us to go to, down to Ackle Island and the snow came and it was weather warnings and no unnecessary travel. But of course, we were so immortal and unencumbered by any sense of responsibility that we thought that warning was for other people, not for us, you know, maybe grown ups or something, you know. And uh, we all went down in convoy to Ackle Island. And at the time I was driving some soupy little Japanese sports car. Uh, which never, ever went again. I killed it. Um, it took us, I think, six hours to get to Castle Bar and five hours to get from Castle Bar to Ackle Island in the snow. It was the funniest, funniest. You got there. We got there and we partied like 1999. I mean, we we, we stopped in wow. to get a... Uh, Kyla, one of our friends, is she loves salt. She loves salty things. So we, we wanted to buy her a cake um, so we thought we'd, for the laugh, buy her a salt lick and get it iced. Um, so the, the salt lick that the cows uh, have in fields. So we went into the, the Longford uh, farmer supplies shop, bought a salt lick, which is like a ton weight, brought it to the cake shop in Castle Bar and said, can you ice this with happy birthday, Kyla? And they were like, no. <laughs> like, please. So we ended up, yeah, we ended up with the, the salt lick. And then as an alternative arrangement, we decided, well, we'll get her, um, because we can't ice the salt lick, we'll get a flan base, pump it with all the whipped cream and stand chipsticks up because she likes salty things. So it's an alternative cake. So we, we <laughs> had the cake, right? We put candles in between all the chipsticks, lit, lit the candles to sing happy birthday. And the thing went up like a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> chipsticks caught fire and it ended up like a fireball, which we had to throw out the window. But anyway, it, yeah, that was kind of the, the air of madness that was going on at the time. What's the most memorable, wildest, impressive uh, dinner party story you've ever been to obviously I have a great one okay obviously you've got, well, you, you go for it so no no what, can you think of one so, so conjugate think about it so mine is kind of amazing so mine was in upstairs in where Biba used to be in Knightsbridge which is now the uh, Kensington Roof Gardens and it's gorgeous and it is like a big sweeping roof garden and you go there for cocktails and um, they used to have a nightclub there that Wayne used to do so he know, still knows the people who run it uh, but he, he was actually wasn't with me I took Johnny Wu I think did I know you at the time Sonia and it was uh, my friend Tara Smith who's a hairdresser good mate of mine but she had a she does she's a great client list like Demi Moore and 
like Martin and Rosario Dawson and Marissa Tamai, but also Natalie and Bruley is a really good friend of hers. And I went to their joint 40th and it was a fancy dress. It was a uniform. And I hung out with Natalie and Prince Harry, who was dressed as a surgeon. And that was wild because I didn't because he had a face mask on and he had a hat on. Right. And we're standing around. And what was wild was it got really wild. It was really fun. And the whole time me and Johnny were going, that is Prince Harry. That is mad. That's mad. That's the one I remember. It was it was wild, but not that wild. Like, and then there's other ones I probably wouldn't commit to uh, record to tape. <laughs> but actually, the good ones, really good ones, are the ones I can't remember. <laughs> we used to live in a we used to live in a in a, um, a kind of a shabby chic. Uh, Georgian house up the top. The rest of it was was derelict, and we lived up in the attic. Myself and Donna at one stage, and we we had a dinner party in the kind of big double room downstairs, and um, completely like uh, we only lit by candles. And I remember wow. we, we rollerbladed around the dinner table that night. I mean, wow, I love that. Ridiculous. I love well, that. Well, I have a fancy London dinner party story as well. When I went to the, my friend, pretty well hope so. You bloody well hope so, yeah. Anyways, it was in Marlebone. Is it Marle? I always get nervous pronouncing it. It's Marlebone? Marlebone. Marleybone. Yeah. Marleybone. You say the, you say the bone. Oh. Um, anyway, so <laughs> we went there. Oh, say the bone, dear. Oh, say the bone. Um, we went there and it was just wall-to-wall celebs. There was an ice sculpture in the shape of a cat. There was a jacuzzi. People were half naked by the end of it. It was the wildest party and it was so much fun. There was so much going on. I mean, I can't actually, I can't even say the people. There was like, well, there was Rashida Jones, Quincy Jones's daughter. Oh, all sorts. Like, like there was, these were these were the top tier. And I stood there in my ASOS dress like, what am I doing here? But it was fun. It was good fun. Yeah. My absolute favorite party, and I always get to mention, was I threw my friend Alan a surprise 40th. And it was uh, black tie and floor length gowns in an apartment with a string quartet on the door playing Faulty Towers because he was a waiter. And it was, wasn't it, Sonia? It was, uh, and he loved it. Everybody was in black. 75 people, actually, it was in that night. And we had bar staff and we had everything. But just such a joy to do that for somebody. I quite like throwing surprise parties now. I probably prefer giving someone a party than holding a party for myself. That is a nice thing to do. That's really sweet. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's, it, it's not altruistic at all. Like you get so much joy out of their, their <laughs> yeah. faces, you know, yeah. it's really fun. Cause actually when I was 26, my sister, I lived with my sister and her husband. So all those 23 years ago on the keys and they threw me a surprise 26th birthday with about 15 people, but it was just such a, <gasps> it's such a lovely thing. It's such a, oh my God, you're only for me. Oh, thank you. So I did it last year for my sister, Deborah, and I did it for my nephew, Robert, who was 22 through the two of them surprise parties here. So, but it was, it was about 20 people, but it was really cute because their little faces were hilarious when they came. Gorgeous. Yeah, it was really lovely. That's so what's your outside thing? Would you want to see mine while you're thinking? Absolutely. <laughs> this arrived two days ago. Ooh. It's called Delusions of Gender by Cordelia Fine. How our mind, society and neurosexism create difference. Uh-huh. What? Brilliant research and wickedly funny delusions of gender debunks the pseudoscientific myth of hardwired difference between men's and women, men and women's brains. It's funny. I wasn't expecting to be funny. Brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And it actually, I've always 
I don't know how we, this is a big stretch from party to that, but I can't put it down. So I wanted to show it right before the end of the year, because I would recommend getting it. But I just wanted to say, it's always, I've always thought the only difference between me and my sisters was society. Oh, and a little bit of genitalia. I never thought there was any real difference between us. And I was right. <laughs> I always thought, I always thought, there's not really much of it. There's not, you know, because we grew up together. I grew up with girls, I'm a boy. But uh, it's, it's a, you love it. It's, I buy it's, that. Yeah, I, I tell you, my outside thing has to be um, the the cocktail hat you bought me, which I wore to my 40th. And you're going to love this, Esther. So Brennan bought me this stunning, stunning uh, hat in Dirty Fabulous, wasn't it at the time, I think. And it, uh, the girls thought it was 1950s, but I knew it wasn't because the, the the rhinestones around the rim of it are attached on a plastic kind of mount, which was, if it was 50s, it would have been like a metal claw. So there was a label on the back of it. So I started to do a bit of sleuth work and I found out that the guy who uh, made the hat was, is still alive and um, living in New York. He showed, he remember, I made contact with him. Uh, I said, look, I just bought, I bought this hat. It has your name on, on it. I want you to know that it ended up in Dublin and that it's be, being worn and it's very much loved. And he's like, he said, oh my God, I remember that hat. It went down the runway in like 74. It was a total moment in time because I sent it down on a, a black model who was naked from the waist up and she just wore the hat and oh my god I can't believe it's landed in Dublin Ireland and I was like I love me <laughs> <laughs> I just I love that I heard the story behind the hat you know yeah, just it's amazing. I'm fundamentally nosy <laughs> yeah. you got a nice yeah. hat and a good story and actually, we'll post a picture of Sonia in the hat in the show notes because there's a gorgeous picture of you on your 40th, which is still your what's up? <laughs> a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> I'm more rhinestone and copper mesh than head. So I think <laughs> I can get away with it. <laughs> um, Esther, you yes. are a joy to work with. Thank you for making the effort today. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, and, I know. And happy Christmas on your pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a sentence you don't get to say every day. No, not at all. Happy Christmas on your panel. And um, yeah, I'll just add vodka and the, and the liqueur at another time. Um, the creamy center in our Oreo and we love you very much. Oh, I love you guys. It's been great working with you this year and becoming friends with you this year. And it's, it was a, it's been a weird year. So, but it's been a light every week to kind of do this with you. And um, Ditto. happy Christmas. Thanks to everyone for listening this year. Thank you, Happy guys. Christmas, everybody. Thanks happy for listening. New happy New Year. Bye. Thank you for listening to our top pick from series four of the Lennon Courtney podcast. If you're thirsty for more, have no fear. Fresh new episodes are released every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss us. And follow us on at Lennon Courtney on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for all our latest updates. Right.